Welcome to the Marriage Steps program. We're developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. I'm coming to you live from Facebook weekday nights at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Any questions that you have, be sure to put them in the comment section and I'll address them at the end of the program. Okay, so the marriage facts of the night. First one, approximately $6 billion in revenue is lost by American businesses as a result of a decreased productivity linked to marital hardship. So that's staggering if you think about that. $6 billion roughly is lost and productivity for employees having marital problems. And that would make sense if you think about it because when you're going through hard times in your marriage, you're distracted, your motivation is down, you can't, you can't work very well. So all those people who are unhappy in their marriage going to work, they're not very productive. Then the company loses money. So marriage impacts everything. And that's part of the reason I'm doing this show is to help you have a marriage boost because marriage can be hard. My marriage can be hard. Marriage is difficult because you have two imperfect people living in close proximity day in and day out and sparks fly. The second marriage fact of the night says, the more couples remembered funny things that happened to them, the greater relationship satisfaction they reported. And they call it the laughter reminiscence. So you and your spouse, I'm sure, have gone through funny things together. Things that made you both laugh or wacky things, humorous things that you've been through in your relationship together. And what this is saying is that the more you think back to those funny times, the happier you're going to feel in your marriage. Because we enjoy laughter. We enjoy good times. And that releases feel-good chemicals in our brain. And so it makes us feel more positive towards our partner and in our relationship. So intentionally this week, try to be thinking of funny moments you've had with your partner in the past. Intentionally try to reminisce about those. Okay, so the marriage jokes of the night. Here's the first one. Daddy, why are all the cars beeping their horns? Because there's a wedding going on, son. But isn't the horn a warning signal, daddy? Exactly, son. (laughs) Okay, the next one says... What's the difference between a single and a married woman? A single woman comes home, checks what's in the fridge, and goes to bed. A married woman comes home, checks what's in the bed, and goes to the fridge. (laughs) You may have heard that one before. That's a funny one. Okay, so the marriage message of the night. I'm going to be going through five ways to cultivate a silver lining. Just like all of you, I'm in quarantine. The coronavirus crisis is wrecking havoc in all areas of life. And because of it, a lot of people are feeling hopeless. They're feeling stir crazy. Their their stress levels are going up. And so I thought it would be appropriate for me to do a message tonight on silver lining. How do we cultivate a silver lining, especially in times like now when things are desperate and stressful? So to define my terms, a silver lining is when you look for the good in the bad. No one can argue that our situation is bad right now. It's harsh. It's difficult times. People are losing their jobs. You know, people are dying. People are getting sick. Things are scary. Things are going on in our environment right now, in our planet, in our world. That's scary for a lot of people, understandably. So a silver lining is trying to find what's good within the bad. What are some positives 
within the struggle? What's the purpose in the pain? That's what a silver lining is. How good are you at finding a silver lining? So the first thing to consider is what is your natural bent when it comes to silver lining? Some of us naturally lean towards pessimism and we see the glass half empty and we look for how things always could be better and we're always prone to pointing out the flaws and, and you know the, the problems in something. That's someone who's more pessimistic. Other people are more half glass full where they naturally look for the good and they see the positive and they always put a positive spin on everything. And if they do it too much, maybe they're annoying to you. But what's your natural bent? Do you lean more towards pessimism, looking for how things are bad, or do you lean more towards optimism for how things are good? Your natural bent will probably come out with how you're responding to the coronavirus pandemic right now. Are you naturally looking for the good or the bad right now? So regardless of which way you lean, cultivating more silver lining in a time like now is really important. For me personally, I tend to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, sometimes I look and I see the good. Other times I look and I see the bad and what needs to be improved. So I tend to be kind of in the middle, I think, between a pessimist and an optimist. Second thing is you got to remember the benefits of looking for the silver lining. There's a lot of benefits. One of the benefits is the more we focus on good things in life, the better we feel, the better we feel, the stronger our immune system gets so we can fight illness and disease and vice versa. The more we're looking at the worst case scenarios and we're looking for how terrible things are or more pessimistic, that makes us feel negative and that can compromise our immune system, making us more susceptible to illness and disease. So remember those benefits. Right now, more than ever, we want to be healthy. We want to, we want to build our immune system. So one way to do that is to cultivate this appraisal of optimism, an attitude of gratitude, so to speak. So those are the benefits. Number three, the third thing to remember to cultivate the silver lining is practice comparing down. And what that refers to is look for how things could be worse because they always could be worse. This is one of the first struggles or catastrophes most of us have ever been through because on average, we live in a pretty high functioning life and pretty high lifestyle for most of us. And this is really the first time we've experienced something devastating and we're not used to it. So consider comparing down. How could things be worse for you and your family right now? They always could be worse. One example for all of us is imagine if grocery stores stopped getting food. That would be bad. Imagine if gas stations stopped getting gas. That could be bad. Imagine things like that. Imagine in your family, imagine if every member in your family had coronavirus right now and you didn't know who's going to make it and who wasn't going to make it. That would be bad. Things could always be worse. So the more you can intentionally think about that, the better you're going to feel. That creates a silver lining in your current situation if you remember how things could always be worse. The fourth idea to cultivate a silver lining is get in the habit of every day writing down three things that you were thankful for for the previous day. So I try to do this. Each morning, I have a quiet time in the morning and I try to sit there and I try to think about what were the three things I was thankful for from yesterday. And sometimes I have to think for a long period of time, especially right now. 
but it always helps because when I intentionally look for the good, it reorients my focus and it makes me feel better. It gives me more of a pep in my step. So what about for you? What are the top things you are thankful for right now in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this crisis? What are the top three things, if you had to pick them, that you're thankful for? Some people may say they're thankful for having more time with their family. Some people may say they're thankful that they don't have to commute right now. Other people may say they're thankful that they have more time on their hands to do things. I feel that. I feel thankful that I have more time to work on projects right now than I normally do. My life has slowed down, like I'm sure a lot of yours has, so I have more time on my hands to finish my to-do list, which is always a mile long. So I'm actually thankful for that. What about you? What are the top three things you're thankful for? Practice writing that down every day and try to write down different things each day that are specific for that day because that will really stretch you over and beyond the basics. The fifth thing to consider bringing it into marriage, since this is a marriage program, is try to intentionally focus on the good in your partner. What are the things you love about your partner? What are the things you appreciate about your partner? What are the areas of your partner that you admire? Sometimes we have to really search for those things because we can get so hyper-focused on the bad and on the growth areas and on the things we're not happy with. Those are there. They're there in every marriage. However, we always should be looking at also what our partner does that is right, the things we appreciate about them. And most of us barely do this. A research study I read once on this, over 20,000 couples It tracked couples who went through stressful times. And what it showed is that the couples who made it through the stressful times the most effective were the couples who said thank you to one another the most. How much do you say thank you to your partner? And I'm not talking about just a thanks for passing the potatoes. I'm talking about a heartfelt thank you so much that you work so hard for us. Thank you so much for watching the kids today. Thank you so much for doing the dishes right there. Thank you so much for asking me how my day was. How much do you thank your partner for the things that they do for you every day? And how much do you appreciate them and tell them the things you admire about them? That's one of the most powerful ways you can cultivate a good marriage and cultivate a silver lining, not only today, but ongoing in your relationship. So those are five ways to cultivate a silver lining to consider. The first is think about what's your natural bent Two, remember the benefits of an optimistic appraisal style. Three, practice comparing down how things could be worse. Four, get in the habit of journaling every day on three things you're thankful for. And five, intentionally focus on the good in your partner and tell them. Okay, so if there's any questions, go ahead and write them in. And I'd be happy to field your questions now for some live Q&A. If you'd rather message me your questions privately, you're welcome to do that. Or you can email me your questions at info at drwyattfisher.com. For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And if you enjoyed the program tonight, be sure to share it with your family and friends and leave a review. The Marriage Steps program is listener-supported. So to help keep it on the air, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. And remember, your marriage is alive. So daily, are you doing things to grow it or to kill it? The choice is up to you. Take care.